Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. What's up on this Thursday? Welcome in, everybody, to the live stream. I'm Michael Borky. Glad to see you. And uh, a couple things to talk about today, both involving uh, the SEC. First, because the league got two teams into the playoff again, it is the only league to get two teams in the playoff at the same time. And here they are doing it yet again. Uh, The Big 12 has not gotten two teams in at all. The Pac-12 has not gotten two teams in at all. The ACC has not gotten. Well, they've gotten two. They started with Florida State. Jameis throwing the ball backwards. And the Big Ten finally just got two themselves. But that format, that setting, has already caused people to do the thing that we get all the time. Professional takesmen, as uh, as my buddy Rippy says, um, like Danny Cannell, have been crying about SEC bias for years. And also professional takesmen like Danny Cannell uh, created an entire news cycle out of thin air about Lane Kiffin and Oregon. That was not and will not happen, ever. <laughs> it was never uh, going to happen. But regardless, those things kind of get pulled out of really nowhere, or not rooted in reality, this time of year. But I've got a question for you. I already know the answer. I'm going to tell you what the answer is. But is SEC bias, SEC bias, a real thing? Is that real? Does it work in the SEC's favor? Does this inherent bias, I don't know where, by the way, it comes from, who creates this bias, but does this bias work in favor of the SEC will talk about that. And then Kirby Smart was awarded Coach of the Year. I'm going to tell you why that's not a good selection at all. In fact, he's not the Coach of the Year in the SEC, at least by why or, or how I think the award should be given. It doesn't belong to Kirby Smart. He's not the Coach of the Year to me. So we'll discuss that as well. But first, I want to remind you, if you haven't already, only about half of you uh, actually subscribe to the YouTube channel. So those of you that watch on YouTube, obviously those of you that, that listen in podcast form, it's like 99% of the people in podcast form are subscribed to the podcast. It's like 50-50 for the YouTube channel. So if you're watching, so go ahead and subscribe. Find me on YouTube, Michael Borky. Follow on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, wherever you get your podcast, uh, my name, Mike in the Morning, should turn up results as well. Also, uh, I'm just going to throw myself out there like this. It was suggested to me recently that I should just kind of throw myself out there like this. I'm at a point with this where I think uh, we have a pretty stable and committed audience. And stable and committed audiences engage with advertisers of whatever they're watching or consuming. I feel like I'm at a point now where it's not near as big as I think that it will be or want it to be. But I think we're at a point now where... Um, I can 
open this up to advertising. If you listen to this, if you watch this and you want to be a part of it, you can just send me an email. Uh, my email's in my Twitter bio. Send me a DM on Twitter, a message on Facebook, wherever you can get in contact with me. Um, please do, because I think I've got a really committed, stable audience here, and I think we're at a point where it would work. I know we're at a point that it would work, and uh, I'd give you a hell of a rate, too, uh, coming in on the ground floor. So for whatever that's worth, I feel weird doing that right now. I feel unco- I, I don't like it. Uh, but I was told to do it. I, I was I was told to do it. So if you want your name on this thing, if you want to be attached to it, if you're one of those committed listeners, there's a lot of committed listeners to this deal. Uh, th- there's a stable audience to this thing on, on the four different, plat- five different platforms it's offered. Uh, all combined, it would work. So if you are interested at all in advertising here on this, let me know. Let me know. All right, SEC bias. This is where I saw this yesterday. I'm going to play this for you. This is where I saw it yesterday, where I think it's First Things First, I believe is what the show is called. It's a a Fox TV production. And this was said, I'm going to play it for you if this works. This was said on First Things, I believe it's first. It's not First Things First. What is it called? Um, Oh, this is embarrassing that I don't know. Speak for yourself. Yes, speak for yourself. I'm an idiot. Please forgive me. I got the show wrong. And I'm about to say that this show that I got wrong got something wrong. So joke's on me. But either way, here's what was said yesterday. This is what kind of sparked this conversation for me. This is what was said yesterday on this show about SEC bias. Uh, Here, let's play it so you can hear it. See, the reason that Georgia made the playoffs is because we thought Georgia was great. But why did we think Georgia was great? Because of SEC bias. You see, Georgia beat Arkansas when Arkansas was ranked number eight. But by the end of the season, Arkansas had four losses at eight and four. They're not in the top 20. Georgia beat Kentucky when Kentucky was ranked number 11. But by the end of the season, Kentucky had three losses. They're not in the top 20. Georgia beat Auburn when Auburn was ranked number 18. But by the end of the season, Auburn had six losses, six and six. They not even ranked. So is Georgia one of the four best teams in college football? Maybe. Well, we were going to believe so either way. College football is based off of a false premise. The premise every year is that the SEC from top to bottom is better than every other conference by a long shot. The SEC usually has two great teams. It'll be Bama and LSU. It'll be Bama and Georgia this year. But we start college football with the false premise. And so when you lose to an SEC opponent, that loss don't mean that much. When you beat an SEC opponent, that loss, that win means everything. Alabama. They have one win, not counting, that went over Georgia versus a top-ranked team. That's Ole Miss at number eight. Then you move to Michigan. Well, they have two wins versus number six, Ohio State. That's a top-ranked team. And again, Iowa, number 15. That's a top-ranked team. Then you get to Georgia. Georgia's best win was against number 19, Clemson. However, Cincinnati's best win was against number five, Notre Dame, and they won their championship game versus number 20, Houston. See the. All right. All right. Is SEC bias real? Did he have a point? Do you agree with what Emmanuel said on uh, speak for yourself, not first things first? Um, do you agree with that? Because what I heard. Um, was a premise 
that is good for stuff like this. The idea, the idea that, you know, the college football playoff committee and ESPN is biased in favor of the SEC, and therefore the SEC gets undue opportunities, it's really good click fodder. It's really good uh, engagement fodder. How's that? That's better. It's really good to get engagement when you say things like that because fan bases from every other conference blindly agree, and that strikes a nerve and you know gets everybody all fired up and talking. That's really good engagement stuff. But here's the thing about doing things like this just for engagement. When you don't back it up with any sort of factual backing or when you don't have any sort of factual backing, you look foolish. And to me, as a consumer of stuff like this, I don't want to watch anymore. I don't want to consume that product. Maybe that that does work. I mean, you guys have heard me talk about stuff like this often where people in my business just feel like they have to say anything, even if it makes them sound stupid, to generate controversy, right? That's what people do. Um, I think that's a terrible business model. I think that will ultimately fail for all of these people, even the ones at the top, like Skip Bayless, who makes a a bunch of money. Uh, The people that pay him that much money are losing. Um, You've got local radio guys all over the country that do things just to stir stuff up, and that's a bad business model. Look at their sponsor list and and tell me, regardless of what the rating number is temporarily, how it's working out for you. But anyway, uh, that, that's that's a gripe that I have with my industry, and I'm I'm very low on the totem pole, so maybe it's a me problem. Either way, stuff like this is only said to generate reaction because when you look at the facts, if you will, the things that are real, the tangible examples, the things that are real that you can touch and see and quantify, there is no such thing as bias when it comes to the SEC. Everything that they have gotten, they have earned on the field. Everything the SEC has gotten has been earned on the field. There is no argument, no good argument that can be made that says the SEC is not the most prestigious, the the most talent-filled quality team-filled conference in college football. There is no objective measure that you can come up with that suggests the SEC is not better than every other conference. There is nothing at all that counter-argues the SEC is the best conference in college football and deserves even some benefit of the doubt because of what we have seen play out on the field. Let's get to some comments. So if you want to comment, again, you can't do it on Twitter. I don't know why. Whatever. Uh, So hop on over to YouTube or Facebook and comment there. Miles says Notre Dame should count towards the ACC, but I digress. One of their playoff appearances does. So Notre Dame has two, right? One of them counts for the ACC, actually. Uh, It's last year's. I don't think it should count, personally. But one of them last year does, and so I didn't include them earlier. Uh, But one of them does not. That's how goofy it is. So the SEC leads appearances with 10 the ACC is technically seven because Notre Dame counts, but it's really six. T- to me, it's really six. But I-, I see your point. I mean, they should be in the ACC. I don't know what they're doing anymore, but I-, I see your point. It's a good one. Gil says college football needs a bad guy, and the SEC is an easy target because it wins so dang much. That's really what's going on here. It's because it, it wins so much. It gets so much attention because the teams are the best. 
you can draw a line. Somebody sent this to me. I'm going to give proper credit. Somebody sent this to me. Uh, let's see. I can't find it now. Somebody sent it to a DM to me. And, and now I can't find it. Either way, I'm sorry for, for whoever it was. I think it was Chase that sent it to me in a DM. You can draw a line. Uh, you start in upstate South Carolina, where Clemson is, and draw a line southwest, where you just cover Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and Baton Rouge. And then everything east of that, you cover the, it was a map, and I can't find it, but it was the United States, and there was a line drawn from Clemson to Baton Rouge, and everything to the right was shaded red, and everything to the left was left blank. Every national champion, except for one in modern college football, is in that red space. Is it bias or is it fact? Miles says, haters going to hate, you neutralize, and... Um, and bias talk by having an automatic qualifying bid for each conference. Yeah, and that eventually will come, I suppose. Sid says, yes, it's real. I'm an SEC homer, but it's real. Just like Bama bias, Ohio State bias. I don't agree with the model, but bias is life. John says, not original clickbait, but trying to get eyeballs for a show I've never heard of. You can't really have an objective measure, Sid continues, with any bias. People will always deny bias, but it exists. But in what way? In what way does the bias exist? Because here, here is what the SEC has over everybody else. By the way, Emmanuel called it a, quote, fake premise, but didn't explain what the fake premise was other than some ranking stuff. And then, by the way, uh, using Alabama's resume, not counting their win over Georgia, their best win is Ole Miss. Well, Michigan has two ranked wins. What What the, what the hell are you talking about? What you, no, so, so not counting that good win from Alabama, they only have one good win, but Michigan has two good wins. That That's not an argument that is sound in logic. The SEC has more playoff wins than every other conference. They have more national championships in modern college football than every other conference. They have more teams that have won national championships than every other conference. Their record against their Power 5 rivals is better than their Power 5 rivals against them and they also put more players in the NFL than anybody else and I promise you the NFL is not biased what the NFL does is they scout like crazy and pick the best players that they can find where do they find the best players the southeastern United States what is the conference in the southeastern United States the southeastern conference the best teams objectively not subjectively objectively National championship winning teams come from the SEC more than every other conference. And more teams from the SEC win championships than any other conference. They put more players in the NFL than every other conference. What on earth is biased about that? I don't want it to be this way. I I would rather the SEC not be as dominant as it is because the programs in this state that uh, I get to talk about every day, would have an an easier path, would would be able to win more games. And winning more is fun. Winning more is fun. I I would like that to happen. I don't want this to be the case. I want more balance in college football. You guys know that, but it is undeniable, based on objective measure, that the SEC produces more champions than anybody else, more different champions than anybody else, 
and the best players in college football that get selected by the National Football League come from the Southeastern Conference. It is not bias. It is reality. The facts say, the proof says that the SEC is the best conference in college football by every objective measure that you can come up with. This idea, and and what's funny to me is this idea that, that ESPN is biased in favor of the SEC, which, again, is not rooted in reality. It's just where the best teams are. But if they were really picking a region of the country to show their bias, it wouldn't be the Southeast. Have you looked at population numbers of the SEC? College game day went to Mississippi this year. Mississippi doesn't have 3 million people in the entire state. You know where they'd rather go? Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, places with big cities, big population bases. They'd love to go to California, more people in California. If anything, if they wanted to be biased, uh, uh, the, the correct business model for bias would be where the most people are, where you can generate the most revenue, get the most eyeballs. You think College Game Day went to Mississippi because of bias? Are, are you kidding me? No, they went because that's where the best te- the get best game was that day. If they were biased, they would focus their attention and their time on places that could make them more money. And Mississippi can't make them more money. Louisiana can't make them more money. Alabama can't make them more money. Tennessee can't make them more money. New York could. Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Ohio, where all the people are, but they don't play good enough football. It it would be a bad business model. ESPN is involved in broadcasting everything. I promise you, ESPN doesn't want an all-SEC championship. I promise you. Because that limits the audience. You know what they want? Alabama versus Michigan. That's what they want. They, they don't want the SEC to be dominant because it limits the interest in the sport. And limiting the interest in a sport in a region of the country that doesn't have as many people as the others is a bad business model. That's not why they do it. It's not rooted in any kind of reality. It doesn't make football sense because, again, every objective measure when you're talking about this conference versus this one, the SEC is better. Wins on the field, championships, players in the NFL – Interconference record, SEC, SEC, SEC always. That, that's how it has broken down. That's how it is right now. You can't argue against that. But on top of that, claiming bias, who is the one being biased? ESPN? Well, then why, why do they have television partnerships with more than just the SEC? My gosh, they own the ACC network. What? what? What are we? What are you talking? It doesn't make business sense for that to happen. They own the rights to the college football playoff. If it were up, if it were up to ESPN, here's who would make the college football playoff every year: Southern Cal, Texas, Georgia, Ohio State, or Southern Cal, Georgia, Florida State, Michigan. They want it to be as spread out as possible. That's what they really want. That's what makes the most sense unless you're looking to just generate clicks. That's really what that is.
Because objectively, regardless of what Danny Cannell and his turtleneck says, there is no argument, no real argument that can be backed up with fact that says the only reason why Alabama and Georgia both made the playoff is because of bias. It doesn't make business sense, and it doesn't make football sense. So help me make sense of it. Turning the page, there's a a bit of a gripe that I have. I wonder if you guys agree with this or not. Tell me if you agree with this. SEC Coach of the Year, again, I I spend too much time on, uh, on awards, I think. I think I spend too much time on awards. I talked a lot about the Heisman and uh, the wrong Alabama player. Well, not the wrong Alabama player, but another Alabama player should be going because the most outstanding player in college football is on the defensive side, and it's not Aiden Hutchinson. Sam Williams has identical stats to Aiden Hutchinson. Identical. Look at him. Identical. In some categories, he's better and played in a more difficult league that throws the football more. I guess I is a counter argument to Sam, but you get my point. They're basically identical. You know who doesn't have anybody close to him? The player that got snubbed. So I'm spending too much time on awards, I think. But Coach of the Year was awarded yesterday to Kirby Smart. And I disagree with it. In fact, I don't think he's the Coach of the Year at all. And I just asked this simple question. And I understand there's flaws in the question. How many coaches in the SEC could take Kirby Smart's roster, win the East, and lose to Alabama in the SEC championship? How many other coaches in the SEC could have taken Kirby Smart's roster and done exactly what he did or better? How many? Double-digit number? I think. Now let's turn it on the other side. How many coaches in the SEC could have taken Shane Beamer's roster? And then what happened with him at the quarterback position too? My gosh. I mean, he had to play a walk-on grad assistant at quarterback and won games with him. How many coaches in the SEC could have taken Shane Beamer's roster and gone to a bowl game? That number is much smaller. And you know who I don't think is on that list? Kirby Smart. Now, there is that flaw in in that question, though. And the flaw is, well, part of college coaching, a massive part of college coaching, is recruiting and acquiring talent. I'm aware of that. But that doesn't impress me, especially when you know how recruiting works. Give out a Recruiter of the Year award because the most impressive coaching job Not recruiting job, coaching job. This year in the SEC, wasn't Kirby Smart. To me, it was Shane Beamer. You had people that covered South Carolina going into the season saying anything short of a bowl game uh, would be a disappointment and a a failure in year one, and and that was just nonsense. He ended up getting there, so maybe those people look like they knew what they were talking about. That roster has no business playing in the postseason. That roster had no business winning any SEC game not named Vanderbilt. That roster had no business beating Florida the way they did. No business beating Auburn. Shane Beamer took over a disaster. It was a, The roster was a disaster. The quarterback position that he took over the room was awful. 
He has a quarterback room, none of which would have started anywhere else in the SEC. There is not, even Vanderbilt, there, there's your Max Kellerman take of the day for you. There's not a single other school in the SEC where any of South Carolina's quarterbacks would have started. Not one. Not one. He took a roster without a quarterback. He took a roster that had just signed the, what, number 89th recruiting class in college football. A decimated roster. His best players were gone. Injuries all over the place. The quarterback position was a joke. And yet, he's playing in the postseason and won six games. That, what Shane Beamer did this year, is far more impressive to me than what Kirby Smart did at Georgia. I'm more impressed with Josh Heupel's coaching job this year at Tennessee than I am Kirby Smart at Georgia. Is it coach of the year or is it recruiter of the year? Because the best coaching job did not happen in Athens. Best coaching job happened in Columbia, South Carolina. That's where the best coaching job happened. Because that roster was a joke. Shane Bieber was left with nothing. It was an empty cupboard. And somehow he put the pieces together and willed themselves into a postseason berth. That is the coach of the year. Not the guy that was able to take a bunch of five stars and still lose to Alabama by a billion points anyway. That That's not impressive at all to me. That's not impressive at all to me. Last thing for you. I don't know if you guys saw this. You probably did. Uh, Brett McMurphy reporting, and it was backed up by a couple of other reporters just for what it's worth, that uh, LSU was prepared to offer Jimbo Fisher an eight-year, $125 million deal. It would have been $13 million a year, plus incentives to get him up to that $125 million a year number. Um, my question is why? Why? Honestly, I mean, you guys know how I feel about Brian Kelly. Not a fan. Uh, I'm not a fan at all of Brian Kelly, to tell you the truth. Um, and I think it's bearing itself out. What, I think what I believe is kind of showing itself. Now it's LSU and he's going to win games because at the end of the day, he is a good football coach and he'll win games. But Jimbo Fisher may have saved LSU from itself by sticking around with his two ranches in Texas because somebody explained to me why Scott Woodward would offer that to Jimbo Fisher. Why? I know they have a previous working relationship. I'm aware that he's the one that brought him to Texas A&M. I am also apparently unaware that he doesn't have a television. That he can't watch what he's done at Texas A&M. He's doing less with more, if we're being honest. Now, I thought that they probably should have been a playoff team last year. They got the benefit of a pretty easy schedule, despite it being all SEC, and they got absolutely smoked by Alabama and got to dodge Ole Miss. It would have given them a hell of a run if, you know, if even if they didn't win the game. But still, what has Jimbo Fisher done recently to warrant that kind of a contract? He was saved from himself by Jimbo. Why would you do that? 
And the next question is, why would you not offer something like that? Or you wouldn't have to have offered that much, not even anywhere close. But why, if that was what you're willing to do for Jimbo, why was Lane not somebody you pursued? It's crazy. It's good for Ole Miss. But it's crazy that he was willing to offer $125 million to soft as Charmin Texas A&M head coach Jimbo Fisher. Because Texas A&M is soft. I saw that with my own eyes a few weeks ago. I saw that with my own eyes a few weeks before that when they played Mississippi State at home. $125 million for that? $125 million for that. You got lucky, LSU fans. That's the truth. You got lucky. You were saved from yourself because if Jimbo was jumping to LSU, yeah, he would have recruited really well, but he's doing that at Texas A&M. He might sign the number one recruiting class in college football this year. That might happen. But what is he doing with it? Eight and four. Losses to an LSU team that fired their coach, and they were down to like 58 scholarship players. Mississippi State at home. We're non-competitive against Ole Miss. What, what are we? <laughs> Couldn't beat Arkansas? You got lucky. I'll say that. You got really lucky. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate you. Don't forget to uh, subscribe. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow, 8 a.m., right here tomorrow. Don't forget to subscribe, like the video as well, and I'll talk to you guys again soon. Talk Mississippi Media Production.